race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, The Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is my desk mate, Jacob. What up, Jacob? <laughs> oh, not much. Uh, it's good to actually be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do apologize for the crappiness of the last episode. It was just literally our third or fourth attempt to try and record that thing. Yeah, we just kind of were like, well, let's just finish it, even if it's a little bit garbagey, which it was a little bit garbagey. Uh, but you know, I mean, it is that time of year with holidays and everything, but we hope to have a fairly normal schedule for the rest of the month. That's right. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of nice. We could do a Christmas episode in December. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, Jay yep. Ray had some surgeries, so that's why we missed last time around. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, four teeth like apparatuses moved from my face freaking camera and um so that was fun um i was in europe for one of those things which i might have said during one of the versions of the last episode that we did uh right now i've been home for 20 minutes i just came back from philly i was down at pax unplugged so a shout out to all the uh broken jars fans who i did that awesome meetup of you know all thousand of you if you recall <laughs> how, how was the the, the con that was great. Uh, it was a lot busier than last year. Last year was the first year, so this was the second year. That's how math works. And um, what do you call it? Yeah, way busier yesterday, but Friday and Sunday were chiller. Um, and it's just good because it's, uh, I mean, the biggest draw for my wife and I is that there's a section where you just rent board games for free. You just scan your badge, grab a board game, mm-hmm. set up at a table that they've got set up. They give you cones if you're looking for a group and stuff. And Yeah, they got something similar at Gen Con with- yeah. You know, which I mean, they're really similar conventions from what I understand. Yeah, just run by different people in different places. Right, right. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about The Office. We are in season eight, starting with episode nine, Mrs. California, uh, which does have one of my favorite, like, gym prank. It's not even really a prank, but so Dwight has invested in a standing desk. Uh, are, are you a part of that that standy desk craze? No, my uh, my old job we actually sold them, um, and they were like at least they they transformed. You know, mm-hmm. you could stand and then they would fold down and you could sit so you could take a break. But Dwight's is a is a full on commitment. Right. Scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I generally well, I was supposed to get a standing desk, and they ne- in, <laughs> the facility services never installed it. So I'm like, well, screw it. Yeah. So, so I do the the exercise ball thing. Well, that worked out well for Dwight too. The exercise ball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's he's standing, and uh, Jim sees it, and he kind of tricks Dwight into like kind of swearing that he'll only ever stand now. Right, and it just looks cooler, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, Dwight says something. He's like. You know, all of you are sitting. It's like you're in a suicide cult. And I never actually caught this before, but Creed's like, no, we're nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. realize, like, I wonder if he started a new cult, you know, because, right. you know, maybe he needs some money. So he started a cult. Yeah. We know he's he's gone in and out of these things. 
and you know Dwight's trying to find a place to sit um and he uses something to sit on like that's up his pant leg yeah it's like a half a crutch or something or maybe a cane yeah well i really couldn't tell what it was exactly but his both of his feet are off the ground like it's a pretty stout thing whatever it is yeah i'm trying to see here uh wallet out of his pocket proceeds yada yada oh it just says dwight makes a contraption so yeah but i do love that like Jim grabs his wallet, pulls all of his money out, and throws it on the ground. Yeah. Um, well, and, and so really, it's this exchange that makes the whole prank for me, where Jim kind of whispers to Dwight in this like Scar versus Mufasa like manner, and he's all like, "You know it." And Dwight's like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, he just resigns himself to it. Like, uh, he's like, "I would do the same thing." Yeah, and then he pushes Dwight, and Dwight just has like the most slapsticky comical. <laughs> Uh, so we get into the crux of the episode pretty much right away. And there's, um, yeah, I mean, definitely a storyline and Robert comes in yelling at Andy saying that his wife is coming and she, he said she could have a job, but under no circumstances should you hire her. Right. Right. And so, and then you hear him go back. It's like, Oh, Sweetie, I don't know how you missed the elevator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess just a, just a proper shout out. I put my webcam here. Uh, what do you call it? The Miss California is played by Mara Tierney, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, I got to say, a little bit of a crush on. She was the mom from uh, Liar Liar. And she was in ER for a bit and stuff like that. So yeah, it's- I mean, I was looking up her IMDb. She's got a very impressive, uh, she's been in a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Not a lot of stuff I've actually watched, especially recently. <laughs> yeah. No, but she was uh, she was some big stuff in the late 90s, early aughts, I would say. But, you know, she's been in, uh, she was in seven episodes of The Good Wife, uh, The Affair in all, uh, in 52 episodes, Rescue Me for 10 episodes, ER for 189 episodes. <laughs> yeah. In ER, a yeah yeah no she is she's a she is a very prolific actor like she's been like doing stuff since like 87 well and if i'm correct here uh susan california she only shows up in this one episode right um pretty certain that's true. yeah appearances only mrs california yep yeah and I, we'll, we'll talk about why that's kind of interesting at the end of this episode mm summary but so yeah so bobby runs in says don't get my wife a job jim and andy are kind of confused and then the californians come on in and we hear the shtick essentially mrs california's bored uh she's looking for a place though right so really it's like this 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 is just the joke now right for the rest mm-hmm. of this episode is that robert in his californianess <laughs> is is just like really um persuasively and seemingly honestly trying to get his wife a job here. Right. And very vehemently, like yeah. we see him later, like flat out call Andy a lying son of a bitch. Yeah. Like he's even like threatening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Integrity of people and stuff like that. Um, so, but Andy doesn't know. And, you know, through various questions and answers, he's eventually like, okay, well let's try it. And then he's told, no, you did wrong. Now you want to make her try to leave. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm skipping ahead, but I mean, like, it's good. then there's just a lot of funny bits about how everybody in the office is responding to the situation as a whole. Right. California proper. Because mm-hmm. everyone really likes her. Then Andy's like, you got to be mean to her. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the B storyline, which is um, Dwight decides that he's going to open a gym. Yeah. In... It looks like a new room because it's way bigger than the Michael Scott Paper Company room was. Right. So, I mean, I don't know where it is, but it's definitely not that room. Because, like, looking back, I, I guess I kind of always assumed it was the Michael Scott room. Yeah. But it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that weird bathroom pipe thing is not there, right? Right, and the shower's not there. And it's, it's just way bigger. Maybe it was his old office, like Dwight's old building manager office, because where he had like Nate trying to fix toilet paper or whatever. Maybe, maybe, yeah. The so he opens up the Dwight Fruit Gym for Muscles because apparently, uh, you know, all the fat people are like messing up his elevator, which we see later on with like uh oh in season nine with mm-hmm. uh, the stair was it Stairmageddon or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the stairpocalypse. Um, he, he just talks about how, like, just they're basically they're terrible for his building. Yeah. And so he he's he has this great. Well, I shouldn't say great. It's funny, but definitely kind of racist. Where he's like, "Look, I know how to build a business. You got to get the black people to start doing it, so the white people will do it. Yeah. And then you have to get the black people to quit. Yeah." I know it's one of those. I mean, that's that's kind of been Dwight's shtick this season, right? Is like the blunt honesty. Mm-hmm. In in a way, we're like previously we see Dwight do that, but it's more from like a naive, unaware that he's not supposed to say that kind of thing. But this season, it's like people seem to be asking him, "Be honest with me," or whatever, and he just says it. Right, and yeah, he just doesn't seem to care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the gym is full of like crap, right? There's um, yeah, like he takes Daryl down there because Daryl wants to get in shape for Val. Yeah, it is like um, an ox yoke squat thing. Yeah, there's like um, linked chains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, there's a spot to do a pelvic bowl stretch. Yeah, there's um, uh, what else is there? There's like a Ten cutting, like cut ten. Yeah, and and then <laughs> Dwight will pay you. Um, yeah, like two cents a yard or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and what's funny now is like you know now with everyone being like CrossFit and all this other crap and working out in weird places, <laughs> like now it'd probably been really great. Like people would have loved. It. Yeah. So so Daryl's like, dude, make a real gym. And yep. Dwight has this like super confusing like uh payment structure like membership structure yeah like yeah month is 50 a month except for the third month which is 60 but the fourth month is 19 right like it's an expensive gym yeah I mean, it's really expensive for a gym um so yeah so that so that's happening kind of in the background although we do know it seems like gabe is a uh member also yeah because he he uh, compliments Dwight's pelvic bowl stretching. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and so yeah, so back upstairs, uh, they meet Aaron, like they take her to Aaron, and she brings up how in the Devil Wears Prada uh, that you know she has two secretaries. Yeah, and Robert's like, well, yeah, I could work. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't get it. Like 
he gets what he wants, but he can't just be like, no. Yeah, well, that's what's really kind of interesting about whatever is happening here is that like um, Robert seems like a man in charge of his own destiny, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we first see him for his job interview, it's more like he's choosing to work there. Right. Like once he is involved, uh, the committee to find a new manager no longer has any say in it, you know? Right. He, um, he's going to work there, period. That's right. So in this instance where we see, uh, yeah, like his wife kind of totally frazzle him in this way where like whatever, um, it's weird to see these two sides of like Robert trying to like make sure everybody knows what needs to happen and then like totally like being mushed for his wife, right? Right. And, you know, he, he kind of lays down a lot of hand. He's like, look, I'm the CEO, make it happen. And she even says, hey, it, you know, there's no room. It's okay. Uh-huh. And he keeps pushing it. And right. I just don't understand why. Well, part of me always figured that uh, she would know that he didn't try hard enough. Some like weird thing where like she says, well, listen, if there's no room, that's fine. He's like, okay, well, and then, you know, because he is like the CEO and Robert does seem like a guy who pushes his weight around. Yeah. So for him to like kind of like lay down, I'm like, oh, we're overstaffed. Like maybe he knows that isn't a good enough excuse. So he's like putting on this big show. But Andy is just not picking up the signals and he's messing up every time. Right. And so he like leaves and <laughs> he calls Andy. He's like, tell, tell, it's, tell Susan it's your, gra-, or say, say hi, grandmother. And yeah. he's like, hi, Graham, Graham. And what's funny is like, uh, California gets started getting pissed off because he's not saying exactly what he told him to do. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, why can't you just say exactly what I'm saying? Cause he's always like saying some type of weird Andy cutesy version of, right. You're like, take your med meds. Yeah. Um, so he kind of gets the message, but uh, Mrs. California, obviously having been married to Robert is starting to sense that there's some other things at play here. Right. So he tells everyone, like she, she goes, they, they take him, they take her to HR, so Toby. Yeah. Um, and you know, he tells everyone, be mean to her. And Kevin's like, but she's simply delightful and all yeah. this other stuff. And, but we, we, we see Kevin try. He's like, look, I'm going to tell you what the answer is right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so she has to sit next to Kevin. They won't give her a computer because the empty desk is a sales desk. Kevin won't help the answers and stuff. Later on, we see her in the break room and Oscar is showing a picture of, what is it, a cat or something? Like his pet? It's his dog. I think it's his dog, dog. Gerald. In a ladle. Um, And uh, everybody's looking at it. Yeah. Everybody's looking at it. She's not allowed to look at it. And then finally, when she gets it, Oscar grabs it. He's like, oh, I got to charge this thing battery. And he just leaves. But Jim is like really aware. Obviously, he knows the the directive of Robert. Um, but yeah, he's kind of feeling a little weird about it, right? Right. And there's this great bit where it's Andy and the Californias. And he's, and they have this kind of back and forth to where, you know, Andy tells the truth. Yeah. And they're like, we should get Jim in here to to define everything. Right. And you see, like, I guess he hears his name and he bolts. Yeah, so fast. <laughs> like, like, and then California's like, you know, close the gates. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to like leave, and so they keep him in. And then you've got 
He like leaves his car in the middle of the parking lot. He runs <laughs> to the side of the building and climbs up the fire escape ladder, or whatever, to the roof. Right. He like loses his shoe, but that doesn't stop him. Yeah. And he finds Creed good, up there, yeah. just like playing with a guitar, uh, like, like an electric helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I was never here. He's like, who said that? <laughs> oh, and who's uh, your friend or something? Like yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah I, they, I just but, love it. Like yeah. I, the, the, the abject terror present in Jim's. Yeah. Because I, that's what's great about it. Right. It's because like Jim also is somebody who genu- genuinely has his stuff together. It's what makes like the snowball fight bit so funny. Because mm-hmm. Jim usually isn't out of his depth, but here he is again, like kind of scrambling, being like, oh. um, "But they catch him! They catch him at the same uh, ladder where him and Pam went to the rooftop to have their their dinner date while reading mm-hmm. Threat Level Midnight." Mm-hmm. Um, they finally grab him into the conference room to kind of elaborate on what he believes he had heard. Right, um, and he goes into this really. I mean, he he denies. He doesn't want to say anything, and he does this really good job at deflecting into his own experiences with working with his wife. Right. Uh, Pam's on maternity leave, so she's not really in this episode, but we just get this nice moment of him like like loving to work there with his wife. And she's the reason why he comes in every day. And mm-hmm. There's nothing more than, he wants nothing more than to leave right now and go see her face or whatever. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that there isn't some kind of, um, you know, corporate policy preventing this. Uh, but maybe it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when they got married, they, well, when they got married, that's post-Michael Scott Paper Company? Who, Jim and Pam? Or Yeah. Well, I was thinking with the Californias, especially oh, with him being the CEO. Sure, but then I wonder, too, like if he's also like doing some wheeling and dealing to like, even though he should let HR take care of it and be like, well, it's not really appropriate. Um, because maybe he's, she's going to work for a branch and he's CEO of the company proper. It's okay. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I know a lot of people have like direct reports, but I also know it gets even stricter when you start dealing with like C, you know, C-level executives. And stuff. Right, right. And we do find out that, you know, Robert California was married when he met Susan. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know. That that was a weird bit, weird aside. She's like, "Yeah, I hated my boss's wife too." Yeah, but you're in. She was married to Robert. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so they let Jim leave. Andy kind of looks dumbfounded that that worked, right? That he was able to not divulge the info that he had. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Andy gets excused with a simple yes. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And then later on, we see Californians leave the conference room. Yeah, and it's not not good. <laughs> yeah, Robert gives Andy this kind of weird, like, white guy smiley kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, uh, Susan definitely hits on Andy. Like, Yes, so this is my problem. Uh-huh. So it's fine that she hits on him. I think it's great. Again, I'm into her. Who wouldn't? <laughs> but she never shows up again. Right. Well, may, maybe it was one of those things where they wanted her to be in there, but uh, couldn't for some reason. Yeah, I mean, some casting stuff or whatever, and you know, maybe they just chose to go a different way with his storyline. I mean, again, I don't really like where Andy goes toward mm-hmm. the end of the show, so that could also be it. They felt like the Andy storyline wanted they had to go in this other direction. Also, too, I feel like part of why Andy's not so much in the last season is probably because he was doing some movie or something. So uh, that also wasn't could have been three. 
Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at um, her IMDb, and she was in two TV series in 2012. So maybe like she got picked up for something. And oh just, sure, couldn't make the, the couldn't make it, yeah, because she you know was in quite a bit of stuff, yeah, in 2012, like a a movie too, like well, and I, I don't want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. nonsense, she, but she got sick too. Oh yeah, I, I see the gap in her in her in her, in her work there, yeah. But you know, like I was saying, I was like she was in a movie and two TV shows in 2012, so maybe she just didn't have the time. Yeah, yeah. But so it's a weird little moment, you know, uh, they got a weird little flirty thing and he doesn't really get it. I mean, he gets it at the very end. Right. And, you know, so it's kind of, we do see that, you know, they break up with, you know, they're, the Californians break up. Correct. We see that, you know, almost right away in the uh, next episode. Yeah. So maybe she knew at this point, she's so like, I'm done. like, she yeah. just knew it in her head. I'm done with this shit, you know? And uh, so she's like, well, Andy seems nice. Maybe I'll sleep with him. Yeah. But we also know that, you know, it's, it's really easy to miss when people are flirting with you when you are like happily like in a relationship. And at this point, Andy is. So I, I don't blame him too much for like just, you know, the, the flirting going way over his head. Yeah. I mean, I think the way the scene is shot, like it's also a surprise to us until she says like another time. You know, yeah, or like it's a date, yeah, um, right, because it does seem like it's about the job up until then, and right. also too, the few interactions that we saw them have were not really flirty or romantic. Mm-hmm. The focus is so much on Andy being a spaz mm-hmm. that uh, we can't tell if she's being yeah, and going back to the the B storyline, so uh Dwight gets real gym equipment, like it looks pretty nice, like it would be cool to have something like that in my office. I mean, I have a gym in my office, but it's not like. It means okay. Right. Um, but like Daryl's like doing five pound leg, leg presses and stuff. And, yeah, texting at the same time. And, you know, Dwight's like, I want you to come in here with that buffalo wing enthusiasm. Yeah. You think you can get fit by strutting around like the Fonz? Yeah. Then he's, all, he's like, I'm going to make you stronger than LeBron James or something. And then Daryl's like, it's LeJean Le James. <laughs> it's like LeSean Brames. Yeah. Like, that's what I said. Get it right. Yeah. And so, he, you know, he, he gets into Daryl's head and Daryl actually like lifts, you know, the bench press and everything. He's like, I'm going to make you the buffest dude Val Kilmer has ever seen. Yeah. Well, Cause he does this weird thing. It was like, you're not here just to get fit. Everybody does this thing because there's another reason. Mm-hmm. So like while so he refuses to spot Daryl during a particular press and he's just like you know why why are you doing this and eventually Daryl screams I want to look good for Val it's what it's like Val Kilmer that doesn't make any sense <laughs> um, but yeah so I mean we've known that Daryl had a crush on Val right but so now that's out there and we know that Daryl's being a little bit more aggressive about his feelings for her mm-hmm. um, we see some of that in the next episode as well yeah yeah. Uh, so what'd you, uh, give this episode? Well, um, I, I see your rating. I never put my rating mostly because I make up the rating on the spot. So uh, I will say that it is a great rating. I'm going to go just a smidge lower. I'm going to give it a straight 2.5 out of five pelvic bowls, mostly because it's a pretty, there's like, you know, the fact that Robert gets divorced, um, is probably really the only semi-significant thing here. 
because Robert kind of goes on a hippie phase for the next couple of episodes, you know, until we get to like mm. pool party and stuff. Right. Um, but even then, I feel like that, you know, aside from the next episode, I feel like Robert would have done that anyway. So it's kind of an insignificant episode. It's mildly entertaining, but it's, mm-hmm. it you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Well, yeah. I mean, we are hitting pool party in our next podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm excited. For, that's one of my all-time favorites. That's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a very awkward episode, but yeah. it doesn't have that like Michael Scott level of awkward. I don't know if they didn't want to go that far or what, but it wasn't like it wasn't cringy awkward. It was just awkward, and you know, it's funny. It was okay, so I gave it a, a two point eight out of five. Med meds. Med meds. All right. So next episode, Christmas Wishes, directed by Ed Helms, the man himself, written by Mindy Kaling, the woman herself. Yeah, that's pretty uh, big hitters, right? Yeah. Like, if we start out in the cameras on this, like, really creepy doll collection of, like, carolers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he's talking about how he's going to make Christmas Wishes come true. You know, it's right. this thing. Um, and so they're in the conference room and he says something about holiday wishes. Yes. Stanley just like starts laying into about like, I, you know, we all know what you're talking about. Like, I don't care. Like Santa's white. We all know it. I've been (laughs) on a Lulu Christmas, a Pulp Fiction Christmas, which I really wish we could have seen that one. Yeah. Muslim Christmas, Moroccan Christmas. Yeah. We find out that like Jim had got him tickets to Lewis Black. Yeah. For his birthday. For his birthday. I'm like, man, those couldn't have been cheap. Like Yeah, my my wife brought that up. Why would Jim get I mean, so we've seen a few birthdays being celebrated. Mm-hmm. Uh and we've never actually seen gifts being given, right? I, I'm thinking Meredith's surprise party early on in the show. I'm thinking Kelly's party that kind of gets scrambled. Right. Um it's all very like corporate office, petty cash use, whatever. Right. And we don't see a lot of like friendly. The only thing I, uh, you know, maybe it would be in like a deleted scene or something, but maybe, maybe it's one of those things where he, like it was a pooled gift, you know, we could probably estimate Stanley's age, but you know, maybe it was a big birthday, like 50 or, you know, something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a pool gift and it was Jim's idea. Yeah, I'm trying to peek over here at uh, Dunderpedia, but it doesn't seem to show that there was any explanation. But, I mean, whatever. It's funny. So, yeah, yeah. it's real funny. And then yeah. we get Dwight. I don't remember exactly the first thing Dwight wanted. Um, oh. But he ends up getting an acre on the moon that is next to the Sea of Tranquility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like i forget what he says it's like it's a seaside property <laughs> yeah uh so well now uh, i'll just say it works so again we're past this point of like uh andy having to prove himself as the regional manager like people have accepted it he's doing it mm. you know, it's kind of nice yeah he is the boss yeah that's right uh you know Andy says something about Jessica coming and Aaron's not happy about that. And this is the first time we see Jessica, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, Robert California shows up and Kevin gives him a big hug and, you know, he's, he's like, how's you, how's your wife or how, how are you dealing with the breakup or something? Like just 
directly yeah. asking him like you know how are you doing yeah in robert california like says himself he's like it's been 10 days since i've had intercourse and yeah. kevin's like backs away yeah um yeah and he, he's clearly banking on this party to be a bit better than whatever the corporate party was which apparently was lame right um and that's i don't know it maybe it's like a do- double a storyline because like jessica aaron andy is definitely like a main storyline but so is the second part is so andy pulls in dwight and jim and starts kind of uh chastising them about kathy wanting to leave the clump that's right the that's clump their little three desk space there because i guess their their pranks and their bickering is actually kind of annoying to her and it's yeah i mean I, I could see it being annoying if you're not used to it i can't it sounds like a dream <laughs> uh so he he says that if anyone gets caught pranking that he will pull he will give their christmas bonus to the other person that's right which causes a prank war of not pranking. <laughs> yeah, like kind of like a self-pranking framing situation. Mm. Now, what do you think? Uh, like, is that is that allowed? That kind of action? To- uh, I would. I would guess not. Right. I would guess not. And like in a real corporate world, I would guess not. Because the prank. Uh, oh, because the bonus. I would. I'm assuming is based on their sales. I would, I would guess. Yeah. It's not just work performance. Like you did a good job, like you sold well. So here's your bonus for selling. Well, the only, um, uh, uh, the only, the only thing that, um, shit, sorry, my, my wife, Tammy, so that's okay. Um, okay. So with the bonus, I could see, um, that they don't, I, I could see him not giving it out because yeah. you know actions, uh, but I could. But giving it to another person probably couldn't do. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you just lose it. <laughs> not because you are worse, so someone else gets the benefit from you not being adhering to whatever these fake rules are that Andy just made up on the spot to kind mm-hmm. of fix the pranking. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so. Oh, there's this this whole fun thing about how, like, they start going back and forth about how, like, it's like, you know, the weak always bully the strong no matter what they tell you. And yeah. he's talking about, like, preemptive self-defense and just, like, hits hits Jim in the arm. Yeah, and they get into, like, this, like, little slapping fight, which is, like, right. you know, we've always known that this is a silly thing that they do. Mm-hmm. But this is just kind of hammering home that they're basically children. <laughs> I wonder if it was like escalating. Like, like oh, maybe sure. Just, uh, you know, they've been doing this for what, like 10 years now? Maybe, yeah. maybe they're just like, they've done all the little stuff that's that they've just been like ratcheting it up. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, like uh, Dwight's getting in on the pranking because it always seems like, you know, for a long time, Dwight was like trying to be above it with right. Jim but now it's like it seems like he's like screw it I'm gonna, I'm gonna just play right back into him yeah I mean we've known I mean he did the snowball thing um, when Jim was like the co-manager or whatever we saw the um, they weren't pranks so much as they were diabolical plans right right uh, but I think that falls into a very similar kind of train there of uh, mm. rationale yeah right and yeah so Jessica shows up and you know, I kind of feel bad for her. like 
just a kind of a crappy situation all the way around. Like, I just feel like she gets screwed over here pretty bad. The party or like her, her whole story. Her whole story with Andy. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's all part of like why Andy's storyline bums me out here. And I mean, I'll, I'll find better ways to word it as he continues to be ruined by these freaking people. <laughs> but like, you know, to me, this is just a bad version of Jim and Pam, right? One person's with one person, then the other person ends up with the other person while the other person's single. And it's always like this kind of, you know, trains in the night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead here, like Jessica is a good person. Like Rory was not great. And Karen was fine, but clearly Jim was not into her as much, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Karen kind of got screwed over too, because she seems like a really nice, seemed like a nice person. And we kind of, you know, we see her, you know, when she gets married, she's really happy and all that stuff. So that's good. At least we, at least we get to see her have a happy. Right. You know, she Uh, marries. But that's the thing. Yeah. We get to see her again later. Jessica, like once, once whatever happens to her happens and like, that's it. Right. I mean, I don't, I I don't think we see her again after, oh, what is that? The tail end. Yeah, whatever that was. Um, yeah, get the girl. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I don't think we see her again after that. Huh? I guess she, she's around the show, sort of in the the, the zeitgeist of the show, longer than I realized. Yeah, I mean, she's less involved than, like, say, Roy or Karen because she doesn't work in the office. So right. She's, like, very, um, she's always, like, kind of on the periphery of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, like I said, I do feel bad. Yeah, yeah. No, she, I mean, again, generally seems nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah, so. She uh, teaches assistant cross-country co- coach at some high school. Yep. Which, like, it's sort of a joke because I know, yeah, you've got to like teach stuff like for cross country, but like, how do you teach cross country? Like, okay, one foot in front of the other and do it faster than the other people. Also, be in the woods, <laughs> right? I mean, there, there's there's a lot of technique and stuff to running, so like, I, I get that. No, like, there is none. <laughs> Just there's none at all. You you know, bolt. <laughs> nothing just flailing around and of course andy's being weird he's like yeah my my ex is meeting my sex what yeah. the fuck says that well and it's interesting right because like um when aaron and andy are first dating like it's kind of this andy thing about like the drama mm-hmm. like here he is in the middle of it right <clears throat> yeah not quite causing it but yeah aaron aaron acts all weird towards jessica and yeah, it's just, it's really tough to watch. Aaron is tough to watch. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so she, well, yeah, just because uh, she gets drunk and it's like, clearly like we all have thought of her kind of as like a child that needs watching. Right. But to see her get drunk and some of the things that transpire, you just kind of, yeah, it's uncomfortable. You kind of get yeah. really worried for her well-being. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and sort of like a mini storyline is like Daryl's trying to get Val to come up to the Christmas party. That's right. And he's like, yeah, you got to get dressed up. You know, it's going to be nice. Uh-huh. And so later we see her, like she shows up in this like formal, like evening gown, like very nice looking dress. And, you know, Daryl feels really bad about it. Yeah. It's like, I just meant nicer than what you wore. Like, you look like a ghostbuster. Yeah. So, but, you know, it, it's just something, you know, we can, you know, just kind of clear up is um, he, uh, you know, he does it. Daryl ends up getting like a suit on and like like a full tux, yeah, yeah, full tux. 
So that was a, you know, that's, that's a good move on his part. And, you know, yeah. sort of starts that Val <laughs> Daryl relationship thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that happens. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Aaron starts drinking. So basically Robert's in a bad place. So he's looking to kind of get a little, uh, little funky at this party. Right. And he's tending bar and she asked for a Coke. Kirkland. Kirkland's. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. I mean, that's gotta be regional, right? So yeah yeah kirkland's it's yeah, we've, got, we've got kirkland here too um i wonder if it, that's if that's not a walmart brand. no i think it's all um i think it might be like the costco one. Uh, maybe maybe yeah well yeah i mean it's pretty much all great value now um got it uh yeah it looks like it was a part of the costco brand that's what it looks like so there you go there you go I don't know if I've ever had one. I don't even know if they still make them, but uh, there's this funny thing. So like Aaron starts getting drunk. Like I, I couldn't quite tell what they were shooting, but it was a brown liquor of some kind. So I was like, I'm guessing it's either rum or whiskey. Yeah. Either of which will mess up a girl like that. I mean, she's pretty, pretty small person. Well, and I assume like a, just generally a lightweight because she doesn't seem to drink if she's asking for Coke. Right. And you know, that is question, you know, it's like, is this the first time she's mm-hmm. ever really drank? Right. And man, that was the first time she drank. She was throwing down those shots pretty good. Like <clears throat> if I had whiskey, man, that the oh it was tough. Well, there's no instance of her handling it, to be fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, however hard it is just to take a shot, especially if you do it quickly. Yeah. Um, Still, I mean I remember the first time I, I had a, like a shot like that. I mean, it burned all the way down. Uh, it, but she starts doing impressions. And what I found funny is like, so she's doing a um, Stanley, Stanley impression. impression. Yeah. And Stanley loves it. Yeah. He does, as opposed he, to his gym impression, uh, the gym impression of Stanley. Right. And I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, he has already been drinking and so he didn't care or what. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's just less mean than he used to be who knows uh, i mean if the beginning of the episode was any indicator he's more mean now with his lewis black freaking, uh, yeah yeah and so yeah we've got our we've got our our not prank war prank war happening so dwight leaves like his computer and email open like wallet and keys and phone on his desk trying to bait jim yeah and then um, like, Jim gives his credit card number out and Dwight takes it to send flowers to Pam. Which is really smart, right? Because it's like a prank without being a prank as opposed to the other stuff that they do to each other. Right. Like, because that one, Jim can't even tell on Dwight. Right. Yeah. Like, he'll be able to, like, you know, say something to Pam about it. But, you know, but there, there's just no good reason to do it. And then you got this, like, porcupine that Dwight set up at his desk. Yeah, that uh, had wounded him, a rabid porcupine whose name is Henrietta that he accidentally <laughs> reveals when they try to call right. him. That, that, was, that was a good, like, that was a good move on Jim's part to get him to, like, because everyone was thinking, like, hey, it was Jim that did it. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who, who it was. It was like, Angela, you're with me because, you know, the porcupines are so cute. She's like, porcupines don't have souls. They're just, like, dogs yeah 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 <laughs> and what i what i love is so we get this um we, we learn more about chat flinders chad 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 Flinderson. 
No. I'm going to have it here. Hold a sec. Uh, and about just how he's, you know, uh, a Mary Sue kind of character where he's just good at everything. Yeah. He's just an easygoing black guy that went to Oxford who's just comfortable with a motorcycle as he is on Air Force One. Oh, and he's the world leading, <laughs> world's leading Egyptologist. Yeah. And, and she's just like, shut up, Toby. We don't want to hear about your you know, sexed up black friends. Like, women throw themselves at him. He misses yeah. his wife. That's right. It's like, it's like yeah, he couldn't decide what he wanted to write about, so he just wrote about everything. Yeah. Which is a bad way to do things, kiddos. <laughs> you can go listen to my old podcast on writing, uh, which we will eventually revive uh, for those, fa- for those uh, high fantasy fans. We'll eventually revive it. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Aaron's getting pumped full of booze, getting like dancing and getting drunker and drunker. Uh, and uh, she gets really weird with Annie and Jessica. She's like, right. goes out to him, like, I want to see you kiss and do all this other stuff. And then she tells Andy that, like, she wants Jessica to die. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. really bizarre. In a grave. In a grave. Under the ground. With yeah. worms coming out of her eyes or something like that. That's right. <coughs> um, yeah, so eventually it kind of storms out. She does. I mean, Andy's, Andy's right. I mean, he's not drunk. He's like in his right mind. <clears throat> um, I think he's responding fairly well to Aaron. I mean, mm-hmm. he even does have the conversation with her episodes before saying listen i have a girlfriend like, right that's, that's what mm, it is. it's so he's been pretty straight with her i don't remember when that was but i mean that was yeah so he knows when like she knows and she's been he's been really upfront about you know jessica you know you know which is something he's not normal normally doing so you know very Ooh. mature thing that's on right. his part uh but yeah everyone just like keeps feeding Aaron booze like it's it's weird like i don't like it feels kind of mean like you shouldn't do that especially with somebody you probably know has never really done this before right but we've all wanted to see that person like you know just like just keep feeding him and see what happens yeah you know? so like i get the urge but that's just a mean thing to do yeah so, not chill not chill uh so let's see here what else then um Okay, so so Robert and Aaron kind of start bonding in this weird way that isn't really clear to the audience, for sure. And definitely not Andy once he kind of catches wind of it happening, right? Right. Uh, there are two hurt souls. Um, they are drunk, you know, and it just, it just seems like something creepy could be happening between them. And again, because we feel this, that Aaron is this child, even though she's not. Mm-hmm. She's not disposable cameras work, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of weird. We kind of get nervous as the audience, I'd say. I mean, I was just re-watching it again, and I still felt nervous, even though I know what happened. What, that that Robert <laughs> California was going to take advantage of her? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Robert has this like weird gaslighting mentality where he could be like, Jedi mind trick people, you know? <laughs> He's like, no, you will take topless pictures from <laughs> in my art book in a way that Ryan Howard wishes he could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he... But definitely by the end of the season, you know, we, we get to see the full-blown creepiness of Robert. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's part of it. You know, he's got not, no outlets for anything. So, you know, he just gets more and more creepy. But he seems to at least have some standards. Right. Like, he, he 
if she was like sober and willing, he would have done it, but you know, she wasn't. And so he wasn't going to do that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Andy's been fulfilling these things or whatever. Um, oh, I mean, I guess I'm kind of skipping around, but at some point Aaron does tell Kelly to go forward with a plan that they had previously discussed about being mean to Jessica. Right. <clears throat> and the big move is Jessica, did you fart in the middle of the story she's telling? I, I love, Ke- I love Kelly's like being mean. Yeah. Like her weird bulliness. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to write, you know, I'm going to write on his wall and tell him he's like, or something. Yeah, he's like I, I have to, I have to write something on his wall. Uh, he has this great montage bit where, so yeah. They're playing the Christmas music and Dwight comes in with a boom box and starts playing, I'm pretty sure it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's correct. Like, and they're doing like air guitar with him and Creed and Nate Gabe. and Gabe. And I think maybe Nate, yeah, Nate, Nate. Yeah. And, you know, we also, we see certain uh, people exchanging gifts. Yep. Kevin, Kevin gets a cookie jar that I think is supposed to be somebody, but I have no idea who. I mean, I think... I mean, it's a dark-haired lady in a blue dress. I went to Monica Lewinsky. I went to the same place. Yeah, I don't think that's. I mean, I don't think that's what the dress looked like. But I guess I had. I didn't look. Right, but that's the only. That's it. But and then uh, Kelly and Ryan got Angela a shirt that says uh, "Ask Then Touch." Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, because she's pregnant. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see. What else was it? Oh. Uh, Meredith gives Jim stuff on vasectomy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just this is a nice little weird little montagey bit, which is okay. I feel like it's filler. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, Trans-Siberian's yeah. a fun show. Just I've never that. never seen it, but that is the best Christmas song on the planet. So yeah, well, it's actually one of those things. Like one of the only like radio contest things I ever won was two tickets to Trans-Siberian. It was Ooh. through Sirius XM. They're like. Yeah, sign up here. We may give you tickets, and they gave me two tickets. That was That's cool. pretty good. That's yeah, good. I don't. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun show. Yeah. Uh, uh, so one of the pranks that happens uh, that seems to like kind of push people over the edge is uh, the defacement of Cece's picture. Right. Uh, and you know, Andy it gets really pissed. It's like, no, this is fireable. And I don't know if he was just like trying to call jim out you know yeah but jim's like eventually like oh maybe i did it myself oh man he just like walks away <laughs> yeah yeah uh but mm-hmm. what we do see is you know eventually and he's like look i'm not gonna do anything to your bonuses just try and you know be be chill about it yeah and jim's like oh let me tell dwight right and then he quote unquote forgets that's right so dwight's still trying to do all this stuff yeah, but of course the great thing is it's he's doing it to himself to frame Jim. Right. So I forget what's on the side of his Camaro. Uh, like Jim is awesome or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, like, yeah. That just does. That's not a Jim prank. I mean, if you're gonna like try and frame somebody, you gotta get closer. Yeah. Like, I mean, even the there's a joke at the end there where he's he wakes up from a nap. Right. Has like idiot written right on his forehead. Yeah, and also that's not really Jim style. Right, right, yeah. It would have been more like, you know, all of a sudden Jello shows up in his shoes or something. Yeah, that's more yeah, interesting. Right, or like, or like uh, if Dwight did fall asleep and he got up and then he had lipstick on yeah. or something. You mm-hmm. know, like it's not like just mean, it's like embarrassing. That's his mm-hmm. thing. So, uh, 
eventually people start leaving. The party's over. Um, mm-hmm. Jessica's going to leave because Meredith's wish was to be driven home. Um, but Bye. yeah, that's why he could do a cab. And she's drunk and mad now at this point, Meredith. Do we know why she's mad or she's just, just drunk? And so with her drunkenness, I guess sometimes comes anger. Maybe she's upset that the party's over or whatever, you know? Maybe. She's just like laid out on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we also noticed that Aaron is getting a ride home with Robert. Right. And like, she was trying to get advice from him and like how to handle everything. That's right. And he's like, look, I've been married three times and all have ended terribly. So I'm not like, you know, he's smart enough to realize that maybe he doesn't know what he's doing in that department. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but Andy gets really paranoid that he's gonna like do stuff to Aaron. Yes, the 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 nude photo book at the very least, <laughs> possibly worse. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he end, while taking Meredith home, he ends up tailing Robert um, to Aaron's neighborhood. That and Meredith calls this the posh area. Right. She wonders how much a studio apartment would cost. <laughs> yeah, we 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 learn that. Um, Oh, was it Roberts tells her that she, she, he's a ride that she wouldn't survive or something? That's right. Yeah. He's like, and I believe him. Yeah. But, yeah, he, you know, he's really sweet to her. He's like, you know, you, you can kind of hear it. It's quiet, but he's like, you know, drink lots of water, take some aspirin. You're probably going to feel bad in the morning. You know, it's really just nice to her, giving her some advice on like how to handle, like how to, you know, head off the hangover at the pass. That's right. Um, yeah, and Andy kind of gets that sense and sees them split. So he, uh, so he, he's, yeah, he's smiling that it's nice, and Meredith catches the smile and thinks that he's trying to uh, bang her. Right. He speeds and like, off, and she. Like, I, just, I really, it still seems like a weird thing for him to do, like to stalk Aaron in California. Well, I mean, no, I, I think it's fair because obviously when Jim was with Karen, he said feelings for Pam. Mm-hmm. And obviously Pam had feelings for Jim that whole time we, the show starts. So it's not like the show doesn't have this precedent of people caring for other people, despite being in relationships that are serious and yeah. seri- and not for nothing, but everybody's afraid of Robert California. Right. It just seems like, like, what are you going to do? What if like, Hit him with really amorous and you know, you just hope that the Robert California boner won't stand up against a <laughs> minivan that is full of Meredith's treasures. Yeah, I, I guess. But it's, what are you gonna do? You're you're just gonna make yourself say it does go the way you don't want it to go. Right. You can't stop it. And but you gotta try, right? Like what you're talking about, the bystander effect or whatever. You no, know, Andy, Andy's manning up here. He's Santa Claus. He's fulfilling wishes. And what does he say? He's like, "Oh, Robert, I meant to give you this," and like grab some random piece of shit. From- yeah, exactly. An empty <laughs> pizza box from freaking Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. He's like, "Yeah, I think there's still a slice in here." <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So that that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. What'd you, uh, what'd you think? <laughs> it's going to sound boring, but I think it's another one that it's like so-so. So it's a, kind of like a 2.7 out of 5, who's Black Santa? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of had the same opinion where, you know, the, it's fine. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's just kind of there, you know. And so... Uh, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5 exes meeting sexes. I mean, and as, as Christmas episodes go, this is pretty far down on the list. 
I mean, it barely feels like a Christmas episode, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. the other ones are so centric about celebrating Christmas. Right. That it feels really backseat in this Christmas episode. I mean, this is just, like, sort of off the top of my head, just thinking about it. I would probably say this is the worst Christmas episode. Oh, I'd agree. I mean, what's the, off the top of your head, what's the best one? Uh, oof. Vinny Hanna Christmas is really good. I agree. I mean, I feel like it's, depending on the mood, I mean, it's back and forth between Vinny Hanna and the... Yeah. And, you know, season nine is pretty good because you get, like, uh, Krampus. Uh, Krampus? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. We, are, we have a cat. His name is Grumpus. And I was like, no, that's not right. What am I trying to think here? <laughs> he's a grumpy little cat. Yeah. No, he's not a little cat, but he's a grumpy dude. Uh, but, yeah, so you can always check us out. Uh, broken jars at xyz patreon.com forward slash broken jars give us some of your hard-earned money uh broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com if you want to email us uh i am at jacob ingles on twitter uh j ray has a twitter and an instagram and does things there too yeah at j-a-y dot underscore r-e-y on twitter and then it's two underscores on instagram Okay. My Instagram is better than my Twitter, so follow me on Instagram. You get a lot of, a lot of sweet workout pics. <sighs> Not really. Mostly Probably, the, you don't have your Instagram like post to your uh, my Twitter. It, it does. I well, I use IF, mm. um, but uh, it just looks cooler. I mean, plus, I, I, I my my analytics are better. On Interesting. If I get two likes on Twitter, it does me nothing. But if you add to my Instagram likes, I, I got more clout. You know. Yeah. Get that sponsorship, yo. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. I have it, but that's like, I don't oh, yeah. really ever post stuff. About yeah. That. Well, cause you're doing your, your, uh, your nerd fit stuff. Or- yeah. And then you get back into that. I've been, well, been doing jujitsu. So it's kind of a lot harder to like take pictures and stuff. So no. as soon as someone's about to hit you, just take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming out. We will see y'all in two weeks. Uh, have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, it is the first night on Hanukkah, too. Yeah, Mazel Tov. Seth? Yes. Got it. Great. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye.